0: give you the quick updates on the project side of things first then give you a little bit of uh, update from the market on different aspects that might that you might have missed not going to cover any of that bs ftx stuff that's going on you can it's probably you're already being guarded by that information anyway by multiple sources so not going to bother you with that all right to start us off we um uh the only big, well, not big, but the only thing that is ongoing right, right now on the project side of things in terms of the business is uh, the discussions are getting into more and more details, and there's a lot of research involved on that aspect of things. I had a call with Alex and Antonio yesterday, and they gave me a, insights as to like what's going on in those conversations, what are they learning? So there's a lot of lot of legislative, uh, legislative knowledge that these guys are getting from their lawyer partners from different countries, uh, just to continue to make sure that the business is set up in the correct way, what are going to be the costs involved with doing that and how do they move forward with that stuff. So again, that is an ongoing thing is going to take a little bit more time on the website kind of things pretty much close to being done from the front end sort of things. Uh, They had a discussion with Talium Assets and the the web dev because they wanna make sure that they align the changing needs based on the business changes they have to make based on the conversations they're having with the lawyers. So it's like a, it's a circular loop if you might think about it. There's an aspect of the website, which is not gonna change, which is the informational part where people get to learn what the platform does. Uh, testimonies, different aspects, like how to get information, get in touch with the people, all that stuff. Educational piece doesn't change. What changes and what keeps on changing is the the features that are going to be available to the users, be it the investors or be it the uh, people raising the funds. So we have to be very careful that we don't implement something that we have to absolutely change. So we're being very proactive and Make sure we move very carefully on that aspect of the back end of things would tell you. So that's going on over there on the community side of things. Again, super, super, super excited. We had a very successful trade groups launch. So Rooney, Ditsy, Jenny, you guys have uh, been incredibly awesome alongside others like Hang and Ride. um, It they everybody's kind of like stepped up to get this initiative off the ground. Uh, with a project like ours, where uh, we're actually building a business, things take time. And while things were being done in the back end, it's very important to keep the community engaged into efforts to keep people in higher spirits during these difficult times so these two trade groups that launch which are the cowboys and the pirates so the cowboys are being led by jenny and ditzy and they have their own server they have their own roles and same thing with the pirates hang and ride and runic are leading the charge for the pirates and we were able to successfully integrate hoop with our traits so basically all people have to do if any of you haven't done that yet please go to the server and this is for the people who are listening to the recording as well go to the server and if you haven't verified your nfts go to the nft verification channel and verify your nfts and if any of your leons that you hold in your wallet have a trait at least one trait of either the cowboys or the pirates Um, you will automatically get a cowboy or pirate role assigned to you. And that'll give you access to the specific channels, voice channels, announcements for cowboys and pirates. If you have, sometimes people have a Leon which have both traits, like one Leon has a cowboy and pirate trait. That's the best case scenario. That way you can choose to be in whatever group you want to, you'll have access to both. So at the end, it just comes to loyalty, like at the deeper level of when you think about it, who do you belong to more? The pirates or the cowboys? Um, Another interesting thing that happened during during the event was Alex and Antonio were voted upon for people to choose if they go to pirates or cowboys. And Alex was on the call and started the call with a yeehaw so i kind of knew where things were going to go with him so alex is officially a cowboy me and antonio are going to be with the pirates again it doesn't mean we're not going to help out with the cowboys it's just that whenever it comes to the rivalry aspect which i'm very excited about uh jenny's been hosting these uh smash cart events and there's going to be more events in the future so fun things that we do it's going to be a friendly rivalry so for those i'll be representing the pirates competing with the cowboys but everything else i'm going to be available for both trade groups if they need anything to start a new initiative or anything else in discord or outside uh we're also super excited that we uh, when i say we me and alex tested another feature that we have in hoop which is if let's say the lazy lions tomorrow want to come join our Discord uh, and bring their uh, cowboy or pirate traits over. We have a way to set that up. So once they join the server and verify, they should be. They will get the roles and be able to join our events. So that's another possibility. If the group leaders are thinking about potential partnership events, that is absolutely possible. We also had a lucky draw for a Cowboy and a Pirate, so Runic was lucky to win a Cowboy and Sister Blockchain won a Pirate. So congratulations to these two. And we also uh, have a live contest going on right now, which will end on, I believe, Sunday. Oh, actually, no, it's ending this Friday. Friday, 10 p.m. EST, you have a grab, either a pirate or a cowboy from the floor. And if you do that, you're going to be entered into a raffle to win a Lucky Leon. So make sure you do that and fill your bags with Leon's. That's kind of the updates I have from the project side of things from last week, uh, from the market side. Uh, only... FTX news that I have for you is that SBF has been asked by the Congress to testify in front of them in December. So the reason I shared this, it's because there's some insider information. When I say insider, there's a person who does like lobbying for crypto within uh, like, For like pro crypto regulations, like basically things that that we need, which is like decentralized finance, uh, good rules around stable coins, like uh, good things. Right. So he mentioned that the regulators, the only people that are potentially going to be allowed to speak during this testimony are going to be regulators and SBF himself. So it's going to be interesting to see how the conversation rolls and what kind of questions Congress asks SBF because uh, regulators clearly if SEC is the one speaking the most of the time and CFTC doesn't get that much space to speak, it might be a conversation which turns into like everything is a security in crypto and SEC needs to look after that, which is definitely not the case. And we have learned time and again that the SEC really doesn't care about crypto. We have seen Terra Luna collapse. We have seen Celsius collapse. We have seen Voyager collapse. We have seen FTX collapse. And in all these cases, Gary Gensler was present nowhere. And he's going out suing companies like Ripple, which have been transparent since day one with their financials and acting responsibly and have a headquarter in the US, unlike other companies that have a headquarter outside. So it's just, it's it's really difficult to, trust this testimony or test yeah whatever this thing that is going to happen in December with Congress so I'll keep my eyes out for this whenever this happens I'll probably give a give my takes on what happened there so might might live stream it in case anybody's interested but again this is just geeky stuff Uh, the other piece of news which is concerning right now is Genesis which is a subsidiary of the DCG uh, group DCG is like a digital currency group. They are a giant player in the space. They have, I believe they're, they're worth like eight to 9 billion total. And at some point last year, they're worth like 40 billion. So they have this company called Genesis, which has a hole of about $1 billion, which they, which they needed to fill with creditors. So they're asking for money from public. I don't, Don't think that happened because it was time it. they had to figure everything out by either today or tomorrow. I can remember. So what what news came out this morning is Genesis has hired a restructuring lawyer for its company. So that's not good news. But we also know that um, we don't know if bankruptcy is going to be filed for Genesis, but we know for sure that restructuring is going to happen. So what does restructuring mean? It could mean multiple things. They could restructure the company itself, um, to kind of like take care of this missing 1 billion or whatever they need and still be, uh, still be around, or they could restructure their assets or a combination of both so that there's a, there's a better deal that they can get with their, uh, um, with basically, uh, the creditors so that they can sustain themselves um we'll keep you posted on what happens there in the next couple weeks this should play out and we should learn um no worries dragoon just saw your message glad you're here uh you haven't missed much so i'm going to open the floor here soon so we can all have a conversation uh the next piece this is a good one this is exciting um i follow a lot of ethereum developers so if you don't follow Uh, Ethereum developers, these are like the core Ethereum developers that that post like, uh, they basically post alpha around the Ethereum chain. So alpha in the sense that what are the new technologies they're working on and what's happened. So I followed Tim Biko, and he actually retweeted another Ethereum core developer, which I started following today, who I started following today. Uh, They have successfully tested Uh, withdrawals from multiple clients for the Shanghai upgrade. So I gave you a ton of jargons. I'm going to break it down real quick. As you know, the merge, which was the last upgrade, which happened is part of, I think it was the London upgrade or I can't remember, but they name upgrades in Ethereum chain based on countries. So the next upgrade, which was supposed to happen, uh, is the Shanghai upgrade. And there's a lot of things that are supposed to happen for the Ethereum blockchain as a whole the evm which runs the blockchain and also the people that are staking their ethereum to run validators so what they tested was people are able people would be able to unstake their ethereum and their profits from staking from over i think the staking has been live for about two years Uh, so when the merge went live people weren't able to withdraw their Ethereum from the chain if they were staking and running validators. Well, as part of Shanghai, they're promising that people would be able to withdraw their Ethereum from hosting hosting a validator. So all these people that weren't able to unstake their Ethereum for two years will finally be able to run stake um, after Shanghai upgrade happens. So what they tested was on the test net. So before they launch something on the Ethereum main chain, they have to go through multiple levels of testing on different test chains so that they know that all the bugs and all the issues have been taken care of and what they're releasing on the Ethereum main chain is the best possible code that they can. So why is it good and bad? The good part is that that's good that they've tested it and it was successful. So people would be able to. Bad news is that there's rumors based on the language change on the Ethereum.org website based around the timeline of when the Shanghai upgrade is going to happen. Initially, when the merge was happening, they said the Shanghai upgrade is going to happen between six to 12 months from the merge. So. Given that the merge happened around uh, August, I think or early September, um, it should be anywhere between like j- February to like I don't know, like August uh, next year. Uh, but now, last week, they upgraded the. They kind of changed the language to say that they don't know. They don't want to put a time frame around when the Shanghai ever is going to happen. What some people are speculating. Is that the market is so bad right now with no liquidity that if you add additional sell pressure, because all these people have had their Ethereum locked up for over two years, are finally going to lock up their ETH. What do you think they're going to do in this difficult market? They're going to cash out, right? So there's rumors that they might delay the mar- uh, delay the Shanghai upgrade, even if, if it's done until the market conditions get better. I don't have a side to take in this. I feel like... As developers, they should be unbiased towards when market conditions and when to launch a technology. If you have made an upgrade, you should launch it asap, in my opinion, so people can use it. Because it's not just the uh, it's not just the withdrawal that's going to happen with that. There's other things that are going to help Ethereum scale, like next stages of Ethereum scaling, which is a multi stage process for the next three to five years. So. I don't think it's a good idea to stall this based on market conditions. But again, I also do see that people are freaking out and uh, it's just hard mentality and everybody's just going to sell adding additional sell pressure for no reason. So uh, I see both sides of the problem. So it'll be interesting to see how the Ethereum developers tackle this problem. Uh, the next piece of information is again, Ethereum related. So ZK Sync, which is a Ethereum roll up like layer two solution has successfully passed its security audit. Um, So what does this mean? If they're able to pass the remaining tests that they have, they feel very comfortable that they should be able to launch to public by early next year. So what does this mean for Ethereum as a chain? ZK Sync is able to bring a ton of scalability to Ethereum, not on the main chain at layer one, but at the layer two level. So the good thing is there's multiple layer two solutions out there. So the more layer two solutions we have, the more the more diverse the ecosystem is, the less chances of uh, single point failures are there. Uh, so let's say optimism, there's so many of them. There's optimism. there's uh, there's the Matic has its own, and then uh, ZK sync is working on one. Uh, Zk Snark, I think is another one. I can't remember. There's like five to six different uh, layer two scaling solutions for Ethereum that are being worked in parallel. So they're all going to come out at the same time. Some are already working. Arbitrum is another one. So some are already working, some are in test. So they should be out there by next year. So this is good. This is great for Ethereum because until they can do uh, sharding at the main chain level, which is like breaking the Ethereum chain Pieces so it can multi process, like do parallel processing until that can supposed to take about two to three years. The good thing is, Ethereum developers are not just sitting around waiting for that to happen, they're working on other solutions on top of sharding. So, when it's basically like putting together like a transformer, like if you watch the cartoon, transformer, like well, not really transformer, it's like, uh, whoa, well, who are those people? Uh, i'm gapping their name when they come together to form like a bigger robot so basically ethereum on the main chain when that scales um and then you have zk sync and all these other layer two solutions it's just going to make ethereum so much more scalable and we could look at something like hundred thousand transactions per second uh on the ethereum chain so that is kind of the long term goal of ethereum they've always relied on layer twos and Uh, not just sat around and waited for layer one. So that is absolutely exciting news. Um, The last piece of news I had for mass adoption. Again, everybody's too busy looking up FTX and crypto market is like dropping. Everybody's scared and everything. But silently, JP Morgan was found to have registered a cryptocurrency wallet trademark with the U.S. Patent and Trademark Association. Uh, so if you look at the details of the trademark that they got it, they call it the JP Morgan wallet, very original, very creative name. Um, I'm being sarcastic, but, um, the reality behind it is they want to basically create their own digital wallet. And why do they want to create their own wallet? If they think the industry is going to zero, we all know that fidelity JP Morgan, um, BlackRock, uh, there's another one, BNY Mellon, and there's a bunch of others like uh, Bank of America has, worked, has been trialing like, f- foreign, like foreign transactions with Ripple technology. So all these companies and huge banks are basically working in silent right now to build up their infrastructure. So by the time the market conditions get better... The Fed stops increasing interest rates. There's more liquidity in the market. Uh, Maybe, hopefully, I'm hoping the Russia-Ukraine war stops and China opens up its door, finally gets a hold of COVID. Who knows? Who knows? There's all these macro conditions that are stopping the market right now. Um, And these these guys are going to emerge as the winners because they have the money. They can outlast anybody in the market, including Binance and whoever is out there with the most money right now in the crypto market. They know they're the big players. They know they have the liquidity and they know this industry has a future. So they want the biggest pie to themselves. So this is a great opportunity for them to not only get these assets at a cheaper price, but also build their own services so that people that they already have as their customers they can basically just uh, start offering crypto services to them when the market gets better. And who doesn't like to buy something when it's going up, right? It feels nice to see everything in the green. Um, so it's just it's just a money game right now. I'm keeping an eye on all these companies trying to uh, basically uh, work in work in the dark in these difficult times and not post anything publicly. Uh, because Because they don't want to put good news in in a bear market. They want the price to go further down because when the price goes further down, they get a cheaper deal on the same asset that was $70,000 at some point, like two years ago, not even that long ago. So they're pretty sure it's going to go back to where it was or even further. And that is why they're spending so so much of their R&D money in building out technologies to help bridge the gap between Web 2 and Web 3.